0: This is The Playbook. Welcome an old dear friend of mine, Neil Patel. You're amazing. Welcome to The Playbook. Uh, Thanks for having me. So what really, and you're going to get this in about 10 years. Uh, I know, I think you're around 40, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. And I've known you, believe it or not, for 20 years. You're going to start getting the fact that all the people that you help are elevated to a an unbelievable amount of success, passion, purpose, and profitability. And you're gonna be overwhelmed with emotions, as I am right now, because it's like having kids, you much rather, my son plays football, I'd much rather see my son score a touchdown than I ever wanted myself to score a touchdown. And you score so many touchdowns, I have to tell you that every positive story I hear about you, every success award, New York Times bestseller, the expert of SEO, the entrepreneurial oracle, all the things I hear about you, Neil Patel, my heart just sings. One of the things that I'm interested in is how do we get more young people to think long about, it's not necessarily about my success today.
1: No, and, and that's really tough because most of the young people that I meet, they want the results, they want the income, they want the growth today. And if not today, they'll wait a year but they won't wait five years, 10 years. Yeah. And it's funny, you know, like you said, I've been doing this for a long time, over 20 years now. We've known each other for a long time. I've been privileged to know you throughout my life. I'm really honored. You gave me a ton of great advice over the years and help, so really do appreciate it. And what I found is if you expect results really quickly, all you're gonna end up doing is just failing because you're looking for shortcuts, so you're not focusing on the right things. And it's tough. And I found that because I've talked to so many young people, I've never been able to really convince most of them like they'll say yes, but their actions don't line up with it yeah. and they don't match up. They don't really want to take the long route. But what I found is when a lot of these young people just go out there, they go try to do what they want to do and they try to accomplish their goals. Some of them hit some version of success really quickly, but it usually in most cases doesn't last because they're taking shortcuts. But after a few failures and after them seeing other people take the long approach, eventually they go down that path, but it takes their own trial and error before I see most of them willing to take that route.
0: And being an SEO expert, the same applies to businesses. Yeah. And you know, I do things in the long run, coaching, advising, and building brands in podcast speaking, coaching as well. And I try to get the long message across. I, I try to and they lie to me, as most companies will. Have you had any success in managing expectations from either things taking longer than even you anticipated, which does happen, or I find the most frustrating one is when, you know, if you stay consistent, sooner or later you're gonna hit some. I'm most afraid of my clients hitting something early Because then they think every video that they post, every podcast episode that they have, should be be like
1: that.
0: Yeah. And look, you and I have pretty big followings. Not everything we do hits. Hits, right? No matter how we we try, yeah, everything is going to.
1: You can have Michael Jordan on; it doesn't mean it's going to hit, even though he's amazing. Crazy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Can't
0: figure that out. But so, what? What do you do in both of those situations with clients, to help them? Big clients that you deal with; you deal with the biggest brands in the world, like me to manage those expectations when the board is like a 16-year-old. They want it yesterday.
1: So when it's taking longer than expected, which happens, as long as you're communicating on a regular basis and explaining what things are happening, early indications that things are working, as long as you're being super transparent and not just telling them, hey, it's taking longer than expected, but here's what we're gonna do. Here are the experiments we ran. Here's what's working. Here's what we're gonna double down on. Usually people are okay with that and you typically wanna uh, under-promise and over-deliver. So if you think it's gonna take a year, tell them maybe a year and a half. Smart. On the flip side, when things happen really early and they start getting great results, you celebrate them, but you also say, hey, don't expect this all the time. You know, we got some early wins or we went after the low-hanging fruit and we did really well, but it's gonna be harder in the future because we've got a lot of these early wins done.
0: And have you got to the level of success that you actually fire clients?
1: Uh, yes. We're decent size now. We're still small for a marketing agency. We have, I think, somewhere around 750 employees. Um, and it was funny. When our U.S. team turned down this customer, and when you Google them, it says how they're in lawsuits or credit card processor. They don't pay their clients, etc. cetera. And uh, I saw something in which... They hit up our UK office and try to work with them. And I told the leader, Managing Director of our UK office, I'm like, you wanna work with them, you can work with them, but I wouldn't recommend it. Here's what they're doing to their customers. This isn't a good cultural fit for us to have those kind of companies that pay us.
0: And I know a lot of people ask you for advice on SEO as far as what to look for, what not to look for. I don't think that's a good question. The question I wanted to ask about that, because everybody wants me to say, get the advice from, from Neil about what to do. I think what's more important is how you test. See, I don't care what you, you yeah. think about what's gonna work or not work, because that's gonna change. But I'm more interested in the process that you've created to get the clues, the patterns, and make your choices. Is there some tips of advice about testing that you can give us?
1: Yeah, so we use a really simple framework, all right? So in your company, you have people in marketing, sales, uh, product, etc. cetera, different divisions. So every Monday, people within different uh, departments tell us one thing that they wanna end up solving this week. And usually put them in little teams, so teams of three. So I won't have three people in marketing on one team. I may have one person in marketing, one person in support, and one person in sales all on the same team. So you split up your company in small little teams, not to do their daily work, but just to run a weekly experiment, okay? Wow. And everyone in the company. It doesn't and matter. And all if you're in experiments. Uh huh. So on Monday, they all submit by the afternoon the one thing that they think that we should change. That's really easy to change. That can have an impact in the next week or two or three weeks, at the latest. The experiment shouldn't run more than a month. If it runs more than a month, it's too big of an experiment.
0: Right for three people.
1: Yep. <laughs> and by uh, Monday night. We start looking at it by Tuesday morning afternoon. We've analyzed it all because we started on Monday night. And by Tuesday afternoon, we selected what each team should do or they select because they all submit their own ideas. Yeah. By Wednesday, the experiment needs to be implemented. So you can use any tool, VWO, Optimize, you pick your poison, Google uh, yeah. Google Optimize, this Google Optimize, um, and you end up running your test. And then from there, by Friday, you look to see the results. Sometimes you'll have results, sometimes it's too early. If you have results and they're great, fully implement it. If it's bad, why'd you learn from it and why didn't it work? If not enough data, you wait another week or two for the experiment to end and then you analyze. But every week, every team should be running at least one experiment and it needs to go live.
0: And to take a step back from there as well, that means that you get everybody together on Mondays. Yes. Which I think, you know, I'm a traditional business person and I think that people stray away from the virtual aspect. You have hundreds of employees around the world. I actually, every Monday, mandatory, if you're in the activity we get paid for, Mondays, Wednesday check-in for 15 minutes minimum. And then I do a Friday training and a Friday meeting. I actually have moved to three days a week and I have takeaways of the week. Uh, Some weeks it's biggest lie that you told, these are on Monday, (laughs) biggest lie that you told yourself. Right? Because we only lie to ourselves. Yeah. We project them onto others, but we only lie to ourselves. So, um, is it important today, especially with the remote access and global uh, companies that we run, to get together at least a minimum of of once a week?
1: I would try it. I think it's great. We don't always get together once a week as a whole company because it's just too many people. Yeah. Um, But people within specific cities and departments, They need to get together as often as possible. I think once a week is great. If you can do even more, even better. Um, And I understand some people are in roles where they don't really need to get together, but that's not a lot of the people in the workforce. I think what we're shifting to is some sort of hybrid environment. Because without that in-person connection, things don't progress as fast. There's some things that are just easier to do, like make decisions on directions of a business or strategies in person than it is to do it over Zoom.
0: And to that same point, I was old school again about waking up early. And I'm sure you deal with a lot of people that are great night workers. Yeah. And so that's changed in my mind. I'm, I have a take vacation whenever you want, just let me know when you're unavailable. Yep. So that's one of them. But two is work whatever hours you want, but I expect you to perform. Yes. Um, to that same end, what I've also been learning is that not everybody has to be in person. Like, because no. I'm very social. I mean, you've known me for over 20 very years. Very social.
1: You have an <laughs> but, amazing network because of it, as yeah, well.
0: But not everybody likes to be around people, and no. it's so, you know, counterintuitive to me that I was like, no, we all got to get together in person, even if they're in the same city, right? Yeah. And what I've learned is, you no, know, some people maybe once every a you know, quarter yes. <laughs> need to like see me. Yeah. Do you feel that you that we have that flexibility, and if so? beyond what time to wake up, beyond seeing people in person, is there anything else that you've learned because you have a much younger uh, progressive uh, mind than mine? Have you, are there other things that you've learned over the last 20 years to say, shit, this is such an old school waste of time?
1: Yeah, so we do the unlimited PTO like you do. Yeah. We let people work whatever hours and take as many vacations as they want as long as they get their work done we don't care. Yeah. The other thing that I found, a lot of older school companies are all about meanings
0: meetings have meetings
1: yes and 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 then we started calculating how many hours people spend in meetings and when we started looking at the wastage i think we were wasting a little bit more than three million dollars a year on meetings that were unnecessary and just labor costs right yeah so what we started doing is cutting back meetings it wasn't that we weren't trying to pay people they're still getting paid the same because they're on salary the difference is is they're spending that three million dollars plus worth of hours on things that can impact the business or clients to help them grow. And that was a big one. Everyone's like meetings, meetings, meetings. And you look at a lot of these old traditional companies, like I was in JP Morgan's office in New York a few months ago, like everything's meetings, people going in, I'm like, most of these people aren't even needed here. You guys are just wasting a ton of money.
0: Right, and they're watching TikTok during the meeting.
1: (laughs) Yes, it's like, (laughs) go take those hours and put it towards your customers and that'll make the business better than them just going and sitting and speaking, or let that person just take time off and go spend that time with their family.
0: Or work out, or yeah, walk, or, or go outside, something. go to lunch. Exactly. <laughs> I am, I'm with you exactly. You're a New York Times bestselling author. You have a lot of great stories and a great lessons. Um, are you currently writing a new book?
1: No, so I, I get hit up still to write new books. I bet. I, I've done the-
0: I wanna read it. <laughs>
1: yeah, uh, so I, I don't wanna write a new book because I don't have time. And same with like speaking. I stopped speaking for money. Yes. So I cut out all speaking engagements, even if they offer money, I don't really care. I'm looking for the right gigs, the right audience, and I'm trying to cut back all down on travel. You're lucky because your children are grown up. And I have a studio in Vegas, yes. so you're easy
0: to get. <laughs> yes, and,
1: and your kids are grown up so they can travel with you. My kids are still three in one, so I try to stay at home more and spend more time with them than versus traveling. And
0: yeah, people ask me because my speaking career took off thanks to people like you that allowed me to be more discoverable. Um, but the real reason it took off, I always say, is because I don't have to be home anymore, right? And a lot of the building of a brand has to be consistency. And yep. consistency is something that we talked about when you were just starting off. Jeff Fenster's another uh, of your friends who I've mentored to be probably one of the most consistent entrepreneurs that I know. And I always say the Meltzer brand, if, if we're looking, you know. At my stable of talent, then you're like a super Hall of Famer of it, is they have the stamp of consistency. If I'm gonna message everyone, it's like every single day, you have to be, you know, on top of this. Whether you're at home with your kids or whether you're at the beach, you know, for you, since we had this talk, you may not even have remembered at the Luxor years and years ago. And I remember right, more people knew who I was than you. How important was that lesson of consistency in everything you do, your family life, your career, your health, how important is consistency?
1: It's huge because there's no guarantee you're gonna succeed on your first bat or your second bat or even your third bat. But if you just stay consistent and you learn from your mistakes and your failures, eventually you'll accomplish a lot of your goals in life. But the reason most people fail at that part is they're not consistently trying and putting in their 110% each and every single time.
0: And to that point of consistency, when I started, I thought it was too late to start building my brand. But you're so young. Lot, exactly. But I thought, you know, 200,000 podcasts, this is too, I'm too late. I still hear too late all the time. Is it too late for people to start utilizing SEO? To- no.
1: You, you can start right now. You Heck, you can be a six-year-old company or a six-year-old person and you can just be starting right now or you can be a brand new business. It's just like Instagram isn't too late, SEO isn't too late, TikTok isn't too late. Podcast. Yeah, podcasts, none of these channels are. Are they more competitive than they were two, three, five years ago? Of course, but something's better than nothing. You can still get some traction. Maybe not as much as you would a five years ago, but if you plug away at it long enough, you can get the results. It just takes a little bit more time. And the other thing is, over time, new channels also pop up and try to be an early adopter.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because in my economic career, I wanted to be the 1% of the 1%, a billionaire, now a trillionaire. And what I keep realizing in content space, content creators, that the middle class is awesome. And there's no middle yes. class right now. Like, if you get a, you know, I use Kajabi, for example, yep. right? And you take one little training video about something that everyone asks you, like, how can I be a sports agent? So I do one little training class on how to be a sports agent and get a thousand people to pay $97, right? And you give these videos, you're talking about passive income for the rest of your life that just grows on itself. That's right. And if you use your SEO, it could really grow.
1: Yeah, and then you can travel the world and go to Indonesia or Thailand Portugal. or Portugal <laughs> and live off some beach or something like that and just... Why do people resist
0: the middle class? Why do they all have to be Gary Vee?
1: I don't know. And, yeah. and what's hilarious is it's like that with everything. In business, people want more money. In life, they want more followers. And a lot of people aren't satisfied with what they have. And they're striving for that point oh one percent And the reality is... is it's not possible for all of us to achieve it, right? Or else there wouldn't be that 0.01%. Just like sports. Yeah. But you
0: have to have a genetic and energetic inheritance. And yet my most rewarding parts of activity in my life was playing division three football, right? I was a middle-class college football player, in other words. And I still just loved it. And it provides me so much uh, to be in that middle class.
1: Yeah, but here's the thing, right? It was hard for you to make the NFL unless you probably grew another, got faster, stronger, and taller,
0: (laughs) and more talented.
1: Yes, but like some of sometimes we're born with certain cars that we're just dealt, and we just got to accept it and lean into it. And there's nothing wrong with being a Division three football player, but look at what you did with your life. It's Um, amazing.
0: And let's finish up on that because I believe that we all have superpowers. Yeah, we have to understand make weaknesses move them to another place and they become strengths yeah right? some of my biggest weaknesses on the football field are great strengths in an uh, airplane right short legs tall upper body yeah. great for flying yeah and I use that to my strength because I can get to more meetings and more you know podcasts and more in the speaking engagements what's a superpower of yours that is either genetically or energetically inherited? You know because you know yourself well enough and i know you're humble but yeah everyone has superpowers what's one of yours
1: i was always good with numbers but that was since i was a little kid yeah my parents didn't try to teach me anything related to numbers my parents were my sister is most people in my family were i think it's genetic but who knows right. some people say you can learn it and i believe you can learn it too but numbers math science really came naturally to me and it's helped me a lot in business because a lot about businesses is money it's all yeah. about the numbers not just collecting it, but how do you make the right decision, save it, be frugal, right? And that's helped me a lot.
0: And you are. And there's no better time to be frugal than now with the challenges if you look in business. And I don't believe in recessions or shortages, voids or obstacles. It's just it's harder to get money. It's harder to make money. It's harder to yeah. borrow money. It's harder to, to raise money. And so as far as knowing our numbers, we have to be very aware of not only the investments we're making, but the expenses we have. And I love the fact that you and I share an awareness, at least on, hey, is that an expense that I need to have this year? And I love the fact that as successful you are financially, that you're still well aware knowing that if I take care of my pennies, the dollars will take care of themselves. Yes. Amazing. The incredible Neil Patel, one of the honors of my entire life, one of the great joys of my life is to see Neil Patel's success. I try my best. Uh, to elevate others, to elevate myself. And I will tell you that you and your success has elevated me beyond what I could have ever imagined. I sit like a proud father watching your successes and I know you're just getting started. You got many more years of helping other people. Thank you for taking the time here in Portugal for joining me, the incredible Neil Patel, David Meltzer here with Entrepreneurs The Playbook.